0: It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. I'm Teresa, and I'm Colleen. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Hello, and welcome to Tangential Inspiration this is Colleen, and tonight I am going to be talking about Inspiration 4. This is was a space. <laughs> I know. This was a SpaceX mission, and I'm gonna be talking about the four astronauts that were involved in this mission. Specifically about one, but I'm gonna uh-huh. touch on each astronaut.
1: Very cool. Yes. Um I'm chatting a little bit about Yosemite. Oh, yeah. Because we just got back from there. And then a woman named I'm probably gonna mispronounce her name, but Quisha X, who oh. has started a City Girl in Nature
0: program. SpaceX and <laughs> Quisha X. Yeah, there we <laughs> go. We go. There we go.
1: <laughs> so first, the bad news. You know, oh. a lot of times our inspiring stories come after something awful. Right. And apparently there are between 12 and 15 so-called honor killings yes. in the U.K., committed each year by men against women, seemed to have brought shame to their family. Right. So I was reading about a woman named Quisha. Her cousin wanted to marry for love instead of being... She had been divorced. Okay. And her uncle, because she had brought shame to the family, doused the family home in gas and set it on fire. He was trying to kill everybody inside. His wife was planning to fly to Dubai for their daughter's wedding, so Mohammed in a yacht, set the house on fire with his wife and three daughters inside. His wife, Micah, died that night, and Muhammad Inyet was eventually sentenced to 22 years in prison. So that part's great. Yes. His daughter survived the fire, thank goodness, yes. but one was severely burned. Quisha remembers applying healing cream to her cousin's scars, oh and she became the caretaker when she was 14.
0: Right, because the mom had passed away. Yes, okay. yes, right. yes.
1: I know. It took me like three reads to get through this whole thing in a couple right. different websites. But right. she grew up in the inner city of London, and Quisha was surrounded by poverty and crime. When her close friend was killed in a stabbing just two years after her aunt had died, years of repressed anger and sadness surfaced. Sure. Her life started to fall apart. She became homeless. She was just, you know, sleeping on different people's mm. couches, and she even attempted suicide. She had hit rock bottom. Then there was a local community program offered for kids. They could go. It's through the British Exploring Society, a youth charity, hmm. and Quisha was offered an opportunity to go travel to the Peruvian Amazon rainforest. Wow! So for three weeks, she was in the remote jungle with sixty strangers, which <laughs> so many things. Hmm. I, I, yeah, <laughs> they were challenged to use the forest and hone in on their navigational skills. Mm. No surprise these city kids got lost, and their motivation plummeted when they're out there. And they you know. were probably really
0: hungry. Yes, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. to live, because I mean, I'm assuming part of it was probably learning to live off the land. The, yeah, exactly. All that kind of
1: stuff. foraging, right, and, yeah. foraging. That's we're the right learning word. plants and whatnot. Yeah. But she rallied, and she said that's when she noticed the resilience in herself. and her skill to motivate others. Mm -hmm. So by getting lost in the jungle, she said she began to find herself, which I just love that. Mm -hmm. When she returned to London, she started working with the Black Minds Matter, a charity offering mental health services to black youth. She discovered that outdoor spaces didn't represent people that looked like her, so she decided to do something about it. In 2020, she launched City Girl in Nature. So you can find it at citygirl.com nature.com it's an outreach program with a youtube channel oh which is neat. pretty fun i watched a few of them she teaches inner city youth about adventure opportunities they learn about urban green spaces growing food identifying plants and the benefits of outdoor meditation she recently wow. started a podcast called get birding Obviously,
0: nothing can change the past. As in get birding. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Oh, cool.
1: There weren't a ton on there. There are several interviews if you just type in her name for podcasts. Okay. But, uh, Quisha X. But get birding because she, I guess she really got into birding. Oh. She said, obviously, you know, there's nothing that can change the past. But she points out that a lot of good has come into her life through it. Her cousin, who was badly burned in that fire, right. recently graduated from university, and Quisha became a mom. She had a little baby boy. Oh, sweet. Just another example of someone creating something so beautiful out of tragedy. Right. I just love that story, even though it's so, I mean, it's sad and Absolutely. awful that it even happened, but she wouldn't have started this outreach program had that not happened. Right.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> So back in 2021, I watched a documentary on Netflix that I just really, really loved. And um, I actually had to look up the name today because I had it in my head this whole time. Mm -hmm. And I have really loved it, but I just couldn't remember the actual name for it. And I wanted to make sure y'all had the right name. So it's actually called Countdown Inspiration 4, which is number uh four, Mission to Space. And it's actually about a SpaceX mission. And it's about the Inspiration 4 crew. On the first all civilian orbital space mission. Um, so it's still on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Okay. hmm And I really knew nothing about the SpaceX program other than Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is really That's have,
1: already more than than me, so I'm excited oh, to okay, what?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. The documentary was more about how they chose the four astronauts that were going to be part of this mission mm-hmm. and just more of their interaction and I just really loved it. And it also focused more on kind of their families too oh, and just the yeah, impact yeah. on their families and which it did they show didn't, their mission, but I loved it. They didn't do that enough back when, you know, astronaut like
1: John Glenn and those guys right. were going up into space. They didn't include the families nearly right. enough because the wives were going through a ton, sure as well. So I'm sure. happy to hear that they weren't including it was families.
0: Super, super cute. So the inspiration for crew included obviously four people. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Isaacman is the CEO of Shift for Payments. He financed the trip and he was the mission commander. And you may ask, what is Shift for Payments? I'd never even heard of this before, and so I googled the company mm-hmm. because I was like, "This means nothing to me." And it was a company he started when he was sixteen. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and he had already by that time earned his GED. <laughs> I know because he wanted to get it early. I, I don't know, and he was working full time as an employee in a payment processing company, and he just noticed a bunch of inefficiencies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, where where yes. was where was he? This was in the states, or yeah, yeah. Okay. He's from the okay. states. Yep.
0: And in response, he launched something called United Bank Card in his parents' basement. Oh
1: my gosh, that's hilarious!
0: I know. So apparently, and I, I think we can kind of remember this. It took merchants about one month to pay for credit card readers. You remember the ones? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently, they must have been really expensive. And then they had to sign this really lengthy application to get this process going. As an alternative, Isaacsman's new company cut the time to one day, gave merchants credit card readers, and only required a two-page application. So he made billions of dollars with this company, you know, looping back now. That's how he financed this SpaceX mission. And he named the four crew seats. So he, again, looping back here, he financed the trip and he was the mission commander. So he named these four crew seats to reflect positive aspects of humanity,
1: Mm, and his was leadership.
0: That That was him, and then the other three were called hope, generosity, and prosperity. Oh my gosh, I love that so much! Yes. So in the documentary, um, I just loved Jared, and you would love it too. Mm -hmm. And it really did focus on his really cute wife and their two little girls, Mm -hmm. and they're just adorable. (laughs) (laughs) And two out of the four seats. We're also focused on St. Jude Hospital.
1: Mm, oh my! Oh,
0: I know. Yeah, okay. I know. This, so good. This documentary yeah. needs to go on my list. Yes, to yes, watch. Yes, yes, yes. So the one that was called Generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, there were tickets that were raffled off to raise money for the hospital. The donations or the tickets mm-hmm. were fifty dollars each, and this raised thirteen million dollars for the hospital. For St. Jude, right? That's- and so the the raffle was a spot on in the crew. Mm-hmm. Okay. So actually someone anonymous won this seat. Oh wow. And they decided not to go to space. Yes. <laughs> but me. they transferred the prize to their friend. Oh. And his name is Chris Zembrowski. And this was a friend of theirs that they had gone to college with mm-hmm. at Riddle Aeronautical University in Florida. And so this was somebody that already loved yeah, this. space. And yeah. Chris said, I think that just really puts me in a very special spot. Where not only do I feel very lucky to be here, but I have a huge responsibility to pay that forward and show that generosity towards others and to bring that message to everyone else. So just recap, I love Chris. He was he's adorable. So now we have Jared mm-hmm. and we have Chris. So before I talk about the second seat that was related to St. Jude, as that is going to be my focus, I wanted to talk about the last seat, which was called Prosperity. This was actually given as a prize in a contest run by Jared's company.
1: This sounds like Willy Wonka. I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the contestants used the company's software to design an online store and then tweeted videos describing entrepreneurial and space dreams. The winner was Dr. Sean Proctor selling her space related artwork and reading a poem that she wrote. Oh, if you don't know who Sean Proctor is and this is a yes. woman and her name is spelled S I A N, just if you want to look her up. She just exudes energy. And the funny thing was, I am a big um travel channel history junkie mm-hmm. and so I record a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. And I had seen her. She was kind of, they call them, this sounds like maybe a derogatory term, but they call them talking heads. Mm -hmm. So you have somebody that's talking about, like, maybe about black holes or or Mm -hmm. something like that. And so here I am, I'm watching this SpaceX documentary, and they're talking about this Dr. Sean Proctor. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know who that is. She's on all these different things, (laughs) right? And I'd always... And she's loved going her. to she's now. she's adorable. So she just exudes energy. She has this really infectious smile. Mm-hmm. If you've seen her on TV... Sean with an S-I-A-N. S-I-A-N. Wow. But it's... it's brown never, Shawn. I've mm-hmm. never seen
1: that spelling of Sean.
0: Yeah. So I just remember thinking, she's darling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Anyway, so when I saw her in the documentary, I was thrilled to see her as an astronaut mm-hmm. as well. You will just love her. So along with her being an astronaut now, she is a geology professor, artist, author, and science communicator. Wow. But, she's, a busy, she's a busy girl. Yeah. You, you would just love her. I just remember thinking, of course she's in yeah. this. She's, <laughs> she's perfect. For yeah. It. yeah. So I just wanted to loop back to the second seat, saved for something else related to St. Jude. And it was called Hope. That was that seat. Which I love that. Mm -hmm. And it was actually earmarked for a St. Jude healthcare worker, Mm -hmm. is what Jared wanted. Mm -hmm. And so most of this story I actually took from St. Jude's website, because it was really in the words of the fourth astronaut, which ended up being Haley Arsenault. And I really, really wanted to go into Haley's story, because it's just awesome and extraordinary. And um, I just... Ever since I watched this documentary, I just loved Haley. I and mean, I loved all four of them, mm-hmm. but just Haley's story is truly inspirational. And you will just love her as much as I do. Are you going <laughs> to make me cry, I, I might. <laughs> <laughs> so when Haley was nine and her brother Hayden, kind of hard, I might yeah. mess that up, <laughs> was seven, the Arsenault family traveled from their small town in Louisiana to Houston. They traveled from their small town in Louisiana to Houston to NASA. Did the tour Mm -hmm. and everything else. Mm -hmm. Both kids were mesmerized. And, of course, Haley wanted to be an astronaut after that visit. Hayden, of course, got the space bug, too. But he didn't want to be an astronaut. He wanted to build rockets. Oh. Like most little boys, (laughs) right? Yes. But he actually followed his dream, and he did become an aerospace engineer for a major contractor. Good for him. Good job, Hayden. So Hayden did it. So a few months after the NASA trip, Haley had just turned 10. And she started complaining about pain in her left leg. Mm. Around that time, Haley and her dad had been doing taekwondo, a rigorous activity that was initially suspected as the cause. Just being sore, learning something new. Then she started limping. Mm. And then it became more obvious on a hot day when she wore shorts to her mom, whose name is Colleen. Oh, probably (laughs) Colleen. (laughs) spell the right way. She noticed a large bump above her knee. It was like an egg under her skin. And the diagnosis was as shocking as it was shattering. It was osteosarcoma, Mm, or a bone bone cancer cancer, of the left femur. Mm. And Haley and her parents all burst into tears. When her dad did an internet search of the disease, the St. Jude website immediately popped up. Just a couple days later, after a doctor's referral, Haley and her family ran route to Memphis, where entertainer Danny Thomas founded St. Jude in 1962. Mm. Yep. Haley's treatment included about a dozen rounds of chemotherapy bracketed around surgery to remove her knee and part of her thigh bone. The location of the cancer complicated her treatment. Her tumor was in the end of her thigh bone just above the knee joint all the way to the knee joint, so it involved the growth plate. Mm, And that's a big bone right there. An important bone. Very important. Right, right. To allow for Haley's continued growth through childhood while at the same time eliminating the need for multiple surgeries... Dr. Neal implanted what was then a new type of temporary prosthesis that doctors could expand remotely, which kind of blows my mind a hmm. little bit. Right. I didn't do well, any more yeah. jump into that, but that just sounds amazing to me. Especially because when, I mean, how long ago was this? I must dry my eyes a little bit. As well, <laughs> probably, <laughs> you but. know what? I'm not sure. I would guess that um, Haley now is in her late 20s. Okay. So... Although the process has been improved in the years since, today patients are sedated to keep them comfortable. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. It often proved painful when Haley was a patient. In a moment captured by a St. Jude video production crew, she briefly dissolves in tears, but then hops from the table under her own power. What jumps off the screen in that old promotional video isn't just Haley's steely determination, it's the NASA t shirt she's wearing. Oh, I know, it's not that's adorable. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> During extensive therapy, Haley worked to build up her muscle and balance, walking on a treadmill and pedaling exercise bikes. Within weeks, she progressed from not even being able to lift her leg to walking without crutches. And none of that unrelenting rehab or pain stopped her from showering caregivers with gratitude and radiating positivity. I just remember her smiling through it all, said Elizabeth Barnwell, a nurse practitioner who helped treat Haley and now decades later as a co-worker oh wow mm-hmm. everybody really wanted to take care of her she just made you a better person Haley is the first to say quote cancer helped her make her who she is it taught me to kind of expect the unexpected and go with it also I think having cancer made me tough end quote
1: I love Haley
0: I know you will I haven't met her but yeah. I love Haley oh she's darling But she is just quick to add it wasn't just cancer. Her St. Jude experience was formative as well. Yes, yes. Haley's connection to the hospital took hold the day she and her family arrived. She remembers her mom walking up to the front desk so overcome with emotion that when she tried to utter Haley's name, sorry, she couldn't. She just burst out crying instead. This would be me. (laughs) This would be both of us. (laughs) The receptionist walked around the desk and gave her a hug, telling her not to worry. They were all part of the St. Jude family now. And honestly, truer words were never spoken, Haley said. We really became a family. St. Jude was a safe place, a place of hope and comfort. So much so that I remember when my doctor came in at the very end and told me I was cancer-free and I could go home. She said, I remember crying because I didn't want to leave.
1: Oh, <laughs> I know. That's, that says a lot <laughs> I know, about St.
0: Jude. <laughs> Colleen, her mom thinks Haley endured cancer so well because she loved meeting new people and forming intense and enduring bonds with her caregivers and other patients. She remembers taking Haley for a quick trip home to Louisiana right before her limb sparing surgery. Mm -hmm. Haley couldn't wait to get back. Let's go back to the hospital. In fact, during the drive to Memphis, she told her mom of her plans to raise money for St. Jude. Oh, I love that. And then proceeded to recite the speech she would give to the donors, (laughs) telling them about Danny Thomas, about how no patient families ever get a bill, and the whole St. Jude story. Oh my gosh, that's just awesome. Colleen says, I remember holding back tears thinking she's got to live through the surgery. She's got to live to be able to do this. She kind of has the mentality of live now because you don't know the future, Colleen said. The truth is, bad things do happen, and it happened in her life. Instead of being all depressed about it, she lives it to the fullest. From the time she was discharged as a patient, Haley always planned to come back to St. Jude to wear a name badge instead of a wristband, as she puts it. All I knew is that I wanted to work at St. Jude. Oh, I love that. She studied to become a physician's assistant... While also majoring in Spanish to help working with Spanish speaking families, nearly a year She's gonna after one it happened, up everything. Yep. it's
1: not enough to just be a nurse practitioner. She's got a
0: Haley still talks more. about receiving the email confirming she had been hired at St. Jude. It was the happiest moment of my life. On social media, she announced the new job as her ultimate life dream come true. I told myself over and over when I was going through treatment that God had a plan. I'm overwhelmingly grateful for His faithfulness in my wild journey. She works with leukemia and lymphoma patients, but she's more than a caregiver. She's been one of them, a child with catastrophic disease and all the emotional side effects that come with it, the fear, the doubt. I especially tell the new patients that I had cancer, as well, almost two decades ago. I kind of know what they're feeling. I know it's scary and overwhelming, especially at first. A couple of days ago, I was talking to one of my patients and said, cancer is going to change you, but it's going to make you who you are, and you're going to be so much stronger because of it
1: truth right there.
0: Uh-huh. Our kids ask tough questions. They're incredibly wise. They pick up on things way faster than imaginable, but they're incredibly brave. So Richard Chadiak, the president and CEO of ALSAC, he is in charge of the fundraising and awareness organization for St. Jude. Mm-hmm. And so they, he was approached by Jared to choose the St. Jude employee for the Inspiration War mission. And he said, Haley radiates light and hope and has always been a big inspiration to anyone who meets her, including me. What excites Haley and others most about the mission is the impact it will have for St. Jude. To begin with, there's the money to be raised for the research hospital. Haley plans to devote considerable time on the mission to interacting with St. Jude's patients through either video chats or video messages. And they do show that on the documentary. That does happen. She said they'll be able to see a cancer survivor in space. Someone just like them. So, in the end, Inspiration 4 had a $200 million fundraising goal Mm -hmm. for St. Jude, and they actually exceeded it. Wow. So, if you want to check out a feel-good documentary Mm -hmm. with lovely people who treat each other... With, like, respect and kindness. Which, who
1: doesn't need more
0: of that? Hello. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's actually the kind of stuff and that so I like. it's so
1: amazing that she... I mean, those kids yeah. now, that gives them so much more right. hope and incentive. And, like, if yeah. she can do that, yeah, I can reach for the stars, too. You will
0: just love these four people. So you must so. watch
1: it with a, a box of tissues, yeah. is
0: what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was oh, just wonderful, yeah. and I just loved it. And it kind of also, in the documentary, goes more into... More about the emotional part of it for these families, uh-huh. and with her that's mom. a huge thing, right? To, uh, so, yeah. also just as a side note, Haley's dad passed away about two years mm. before this from cancer. Mm-hmm. So, I think her mom is scared. Her mom to let Haley go, yeah. obviously, and possibly lose yeah. her daughter. Yeah. Um, so, it does go into a little bit of the emotional besides that no. you know with these families but is just
1: I had no really, idea really, that's how they picked I mean I had no I idea didn't that either. they had the seats named and, and all I of that I did not
0: either until I watched this Makes documentary but just for some reason I mean loved everybody but I just really loved Haley's story yeah, so I, I get it I definitely yes. totally get it that's awesome <laughs>
1: So now I've blown my nose after rollings, <laughs> and I got to see all the pictures. And oh my gosh, they all are adorable. Know, so are. yes, people need to watch that documentary. But <laughs> now I got to reel it in. Apparently, there's been a lot of excitement at Yosemite lately. Yes, and not because of our visit. Because lab. you guys were there. <laughs> no, but tell um, it. there was. So one day, apparently, there's a free National Park Day. Oh, so we happened to be there on Oof. one of those days. Was it really people-y? It was very people okay. And so we're just thinking that's how it normally is, but then we went back but I'd say it wasn't okay. nearly as bad. So yeah, it was crazy busy, but we, as in me and my girlfriend tried to talk our guys into getting a permit to, to climb a path dome, the one okay. you see on all the pictures. Uh-huh. Obviously we were unsuccessful and I <laughs> wish that I had read about Everett Kalin before we went because mm. Caitlin was looking for something fun to do for his birthday and decided climbing the 4,000 feet in elevation sounded like fun. Party time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So part of why the guys said no is that it typically, they say it takes, you know, 14 to 16 hours. Oh, wow. To make it. Okay. And it's, you know, So it's 4,000 feet in elevation, but like how... You go up and then you come down. But how many miles is it? Do you know? Oh, I don't know how many miles. I mean, we did the first... The first portion of it, okay, and it I, I gotta say, it was pretty steep and a lot of switchbacks and whatnot. Mm. But okay, they said it took like way longer than it took us to do. But, okay, you know, I think their guess is people stopping to take pictures and whatnot. Sure. So I think their estimate is a little off because of that. But who knows? They said it was like fourteen to sixteen hours.
0: And it's if you had plus. other plans, though, that's a whole day. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Plus, yeah. So. I would think, too, you have to plan for that because if you have other things you want to do, that's a whole day that you're devoting to just that. Just that, that one hype. Yeah. Correct. Which it sounds
1: like Colleen is on the side of the guys. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily. <laughs> no. Like, I think that's something I'd want to do, but yeah. I think I'd want to plan it. Well, if... and you do. You have to have a permit. I mean, okay. it, it's not just like you can just go up and do it. You do, right. you know, have to. Is that for safety's sake, too? Like, they want I'm to keep sure. track and of people? Well, that and um, I'm sure they just don't want to keep. They don't want to have so many people up on the dome. Right. I mean, a lot of people are up there and... and Because
0: is it one that is slowly kind of deteriorating? I would guess just probably
1: it is, but, you know, I'm not really sure why. Mm, Okay. But I think it's a smart thing to do. Right. To kind of limit it. Apparently, it hasn't been that way forever because just recently I had a friend that um, commented on Facebook that Mm -hmm. they had done it before the permit's. Mm. So, um, you know, how many people really are going to want to do it, right? clearly enough that they have to do a permit system.
0: Just might be a Um, combination
1: of things. Who knows? Right. Yeah. We're going to have to find out. Right. Now you're making me curious. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, I mean, it gets to a point where you have to hold onto these cables or you clip into these cables in order to get to the summit. Mm -hmm. This guy, he, his 57 year old son. So. His son that's a little bit older than us. Right. And his 19-year-old granddaughter made it to the top. Possibly, they said, becoming the oldest person to reach the summit. The rangers said they'd seen people in their 80s climb to the top of Half Dome, but not anyone in their 90s. Hmm. So um, his son said he's stubborn as a mule. (laughs) When he sets his mind to something, he's going to do it. Right. There were tears in everyone's eyes. It was like paparazzi. Everyone taking videos and Thank photos. Cute. It was unreal. The power of seeing him was so much joy and inspiration. Which I just, I love that that's what he picked to do. Right. And that his family totally supported him with that. because
0: that's They're like, we're going with you to keep you safe. <laughs> yes. We're <yes. laughs> worried. Um,
1: another commotion at Yosemite was when Captain Joshua Haveman witnessed a hiker slip onto a precarious ledge. Okay. It was kind of slippery, some wet conditions. Wow. They were at a section of the hike where there were, you know, like I said, the series of cables embedded into the rocks that they need them for leverage. So, he heard this injured um, hiker screaming in pain. So, Haveman left the security of the permanent cable barriers to reach the fallen climber. Keep in mind, he's doing this with harsh wind, slippery rocks. I was there on a dry day, and I still was worried about slipping. And hail. Side note, I wouldn't have climbed... In these conditions. Right. Um, and he gave the guy his coat. I mean, his quick response and expertise prevented a tragic ending. Right. For sure. Caveman right. collected sticks from the sub-dome, and then he climbed up because he saw from where he was that the guy's legs didn't look like they were
0: mm, Quite right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, he brought those up. He also wasn't sure if a helicopter could even land to rescue him. So, um... Well, on top of it being... A
0: crazy spot, yeah. the weather, too. Yeah.
1: yeah, Oof. So, fortunately, the weather improved, so more climbers were able to assist. They created, with all of their gear, an right. improvised pulley system um, with supplies that they could pull together, and they lowered him 30 feet down to the sub-dome, where a helicopter was able to pick him up. Because of the weather, like I said, Haveman, who's a captain in the Air Force, was preparing just in his, you know, mentally to take the injured hiker down with a six-person team. So he was thinking they, you know, might just have to hike him down. Right. Right. Ten hours. But...
0: oh, And imagine the pain this guy would would have been in with his legs. Yes.
1: And that he was screaming in pain. So that guy was just so lucky that mm-hmm. Haven, a captain in the Air Force, mm-hmm. was in the right place at the right time. And he was lucky too that this helicopter, you know, made it happen because mm-hmm. apparently that was the guy's first day on the job. <laughs> and, and they got him out, and I think he's doing well. But so much excitement on Yosemite. Yeah. I got to go back. And miracles. And miracles, for sure. Yes. Good people out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard, because that goal will serve to organize and measure the bust of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one that we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win. John F. Kennedy.